Welcome to season two of Lean Startup Company podcast series. I'm Heather McGough, co-founder of Lean Startup Company, where we share lean startup and modern management techniques to a growing community of entrepreneurs and corporate innovators. We produce webcasts, podcasts, original content, our annual Lean Startup Conference, and offer live and virtual training in the enterprise. Whether you're building a high-growth tech startup, a mobile app, a piece of hardware, working in a nonprofit, or a large bureaucratic organization, adopting Lean Startup methodology can help support continuous innovation and sustainable growth. Today's guest is Janice Semper, who is the leader of GE Culture, She is responsible for the performance management, talent management, and other corporate leadership development processes at GE, which has over 300,000 employees globally. Janice will be joining us at the Lean Startup Conference to talk about the organizational change that is sweeping GE, enabling the company to become faster, more agile, and more customer-focused. Janice co-founded the GE FastWorks Initiative, and is the principal architect of the company's culture of simplification effort. Janice, thank you for being with us today. Great, Heather. Thanks very much for asking me to join you. I'd love to start out by hearing a bit about how you became the leader of GE Culture. You know, everything from how that role came about to what it means to be the leader of GE Culture. Yeah, so um, so it's actually qu- quite an interesting story. Um, believe it or not, I actually raised my hand um, to do this <laughs> in the company, um, and uh, I kind of created this role, if you will, in GE. So just by uh, way of background, um, about two and a half years ago, GE um, started a journey to transform the company, um, and moving from you know, the company that we were, you know, an industrial company with a big financial services arm, uh, manufacturing company, to really becoming um, what we call the digital industrial company, so the the industrial company of the 21st century. And, um, you know, with that also um, came uh, this idea of how do we really change how we operate. So how do we get faster as an organization? How do we become more um, adept and agile? And and how do we really get much more centered around our customer? Uh, We labeled it sort of simplification, if you will, and that was kind of the the brand name. Um, And what we realized very early on is that while there are many you know, structural things we could do. Um, we could re-engineer processes. We could um, reorganize the business. Uh, there's, so there's things that we can do that way. We also recognize that it also required changing the culture of GE, changing the mindset and changing the behaviors in the organization to really embrace essentially a new way of working. Mm-hmm. So I sit in um, the corporate headquarters of GE um, in Fairfield, Connecticut, as part of the Executive Development Leadership Development Group. And um, my background in terms of um, experience, uh, some of it includes driving organizational change. It's what my master's is in, quite honestly, and uh, going back many, many years. And I really became um, up just infatuated and fascinated by this huge evolution that the company 
was undertaking, and I just really wanted to be at the forefront of it. So I sort of raised my hand and said, I'd like to kind of focus on this for the next foreseeable future, however long that time might be, to really help GE, again, kind of transform itself into a modern-day industrial company. So, so that's how the role came about. I sort of raised my hand and created it. Um, and essentially what it means is I work very, very closely with the senior leaders of the company, including um, the chairman and CEO, Jeff Emmelt, in terms of how do we transform the way we work at GE. Um, and that's essentially what I've been focused on for, again, the last 18 months or so. So you mentioned transforming to get faster, um, you know, getting more customer-centered. How did you and when did you first hear about Lean Startup methodology? Yeah, it actually um, goes uh, back about three years now where our um, chief commercial and marketing officer at the time, Beth Comstock, um, had really uh, learned about the work that uh, Eric had done. And Eric had, I think, at that point just recently published his book. Um, and Beth, being a really a forward-thinking leader in our organization, brought Eric in um, to talk to our senior leaders about this concept and his, um, you know, his book, Lean Startup. And really to provoke, I think, their thinking in terms of, hey, you know, is this, this obviously works out in Silicon Valley. It obviously works for software development. Is this something that actually you could use, this same sort of approach and methodology, um, to making things like turbines and uh, jet engines and things like that? So a pretty radical thought. Um, and that's how we first got introduced to Eric. Shortly thereafter, we actually tried it. We ran some tests. We brought some teams into Crotonville, which is our leadership um, institute. We brought Eric in. We had Eric teach these teams about the Lean Startup methodology. And these were MPI teams. They were teams focused on redesigning a process. Um, and they were teams focused on ERP um, uh, efforts. So um, we had Eric teach them, and then we sort of let them work and, and then sat back and went to those teams and said, what was the impact? Um, you know, do, do you think this has applicability to what we do at GE? And the answer was a resounding yes. What we also learned, though, Heather, to be honest, is that these teams then went back to their businesses and tried to continue to apply the Lean Startup principles and methods and were quite quickly, you know, um, squashed, if you will, because it was such a different way of working um, in the company. And we realized also at that point pretty early on that this is also, this is, a lot of this is about a cultural change. So, so that's how we first heard about Eric and then we um, really created our partnership with Eric, who's been a, an amazing partner working with us over the last several years for how do we really take the methodology behind Lean Startup and truly embed it in, in GE. So I really want to hear about how you guys did that. Uh, there's something called the FastWorks program, and yeah. you know I like to think that I know a little bit about it. 
but now I have you on the on the phone here today to school me a little bit more. So let's hear it. I want to yeah. know, you know, how many FastWorks teams are they? Where are they in the world? But starting at the beginning, you know, let's talk a little bit about how it was born and how it's grown. Yeah, so so what we did after we sort of realized, hey, this could actually work um, and have a great impact aligned with where we were headed with simplification. In other words, um, Lean Startup could help us become simpler, could help us become faster, could help us become um, uh, more customer-centric, could help us do fewer things better. Um, then we started to really think about, okay, how do you take this? Now, keep in mind, um, you know, this is a GE's history is steeped in Six Sigma. So, um, you know, we have in the organization built a DNA that was very much focused on focus on the process, focus on, um, you know, very little variation. Uh, variation was bad. Um, focus on perfection. So culturally, there were some new uh, concepts, there were some new thought processes, there were some new behaviors that had to be uh, literally re-engineered in the company, if you will, in terms of how we approach and think about our work. So we took the the framework and the principles of Lean Startup, and we actually augmented them and, and customized them a little bit to um, to GE to put them in the context of GE in the context of the things that we do here in at at a company like this. Um, and then we also branded it FastWorks. Uh, we wanted a brand. We wanted it to be um, very much. Uh, you know, something that was um, unique to GE, that really sort of fit GE, that people could, um, again, sort of hang their hats on, if you will. So we branded it FastWorks. Um, and with that, the initial starting point was to get our senior leaders of the organization, the top 5,000, if you will, trained and educated on FastWorks. So one of the first things we did is we did a we did a road show actually. Um it was myself, my um partner, the other co-founder of Fastworks, who's Viv Goldstein. Viv is on the in the business innovation side and I'm on the HR side. And so we created that partnership because we knew that it was not just about an, again introducing a new methodology into the organization. It was a also required a cultural shift. So our partnership has been, I think, um, really instrumental in, in helping GE to begin to transform. So we went out on the road with Eric, um, and at that point in time, we had also connected with David Kidder, who wrote the Startup Playbook. And essentially, the four of us, um, within a very short period of time, went to every GE business and basically, for two days, spent uh, time with the senior leadership teams, educating them on, on what this was. Um, it was, as you can imagine, those were some really challenging um, sessions. Um, we have very um, you know, senior business leaders who have been with the company, in many cases, for a long period of time, grew up through Six Sigma, and you know, we are essentially challenging them 
to think in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. So we brought project teams with us and had them talk about their experience um, and what the impact they were seeing um, and the outcomes they were getting to, but also what were their challenges uh, in doing this. Um, and you know, we had some pretty sort of open, honest dialogues about, hey, here's what this can do for your business, but here's also what it takes and what it requires. So we spent, um, that was sort of our first, I would say, effort across the organization to really introduce FastWorks into into the organization. And because GE is structured um, as a hierarchy, we needed to start with the senior leaders. We had to get them on board. Otherwise, if we just started at more of the grassroots level, it just wouldn't get the traction that it needed to get. We also did recognize, though, that there is some benefit to having it be a little bit grassroots and combining sort of starting with the senior most leaders, but also getting more and more projects going and gain and creating proof points. We needed proof points, Heather, to go to our senior leaders to, to say, hey, again, here's the, here's the impact of doing this. You know, we are, for example, um, you know, um, decreasing our speed to market by, you know, half the amount of time. You know, we are actually, um, you know, getting to, um, you know, we're decreasing, um, you know, sort of the the cost that it takes to get things done, um, NPI done. Um, You know, we needed to give them some hard facts around what, working in this way, what that would do to their business and how it would really benefit their customers. So as we were going around having these dialogues and these sessions with the senior leaders, we were beginning to get more and more teams trained and, and to gather those proof points in the organization. Um, with that, we also recognized, hey, Eric is awesome. Eric is one person um, to 300,000 GE employees, so we need to bring some of this expertise in-house. And we started to create a uh, community of coaches and really get them trained to begin to build the expertise internally to help our project teams um, be able to learn the methodology and apply it. Um, So that was really sort of uh, the, the first entry into FastWorks and the organization um, as a way of introducing a new set of tools and and principles and behaviors. Um, And then I'll, you know, it started, obviously we're now into, God, I guess year three, and it's it's evolved and it continues to evolve. And and today where we're at is how do we, we're actually putting, changing our operating systems in the company. So FastWorks is really the basis of a lot of our um, uh, of our operating systems in terms of particularly around how we approach um, NPI. So I want to rewind just a little bit. You know, you have lean startup teams and and coaches. You know, all over it seems now three years later. Um, but you know, I, I have phone calls um, quite frequently with enterprises, and the theme I see is, um, aside from you know getting executive buy-in, 
um, one thing is just, you know, scaling this within a company. And so, you know, you talked yeah. about going around and having dialogues. Um, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about, you know, did you have a, a specific plan in place and specific numbers you wanted to meet in terms of how many teams were formed and how many coaches there were? And whether or not you did, um, I'd love to hear kind of what those numbers are and where in the world those people, you know, are living and working. And are they working on this, on these FastWorks teams full-time or is it, you know, part-time? Yeah, so... So again, let me give you a little bit of context because I think it'll help um, better understand how we approach this. So one of the things when um, when GE rolled out Six Sigma, and I was in the organization at the time, the way it was done was very um, heavy-handed, mandatory, top-down requirements. So everybody in the company had to go through Six Sigma training, had to get tested, a very hard test, I might say, and pass that test, Mm -hmm. had to do a project. And while on the one hand that helped to quite quickly get everybody in a large organization on the same page, there were also um, challenges with that in the sense that, you know, Six Sigma didn't necessarily apply to everything in the same way across the company, even though we tried to do it that way. Um, You know, I was uh, working at GE Capital at the time, and actually I was in the equity investment business, and we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how do you make an equity deal uh, to Six Sigma, (laughs) which is actually an impossible task. (laughs) So what we... Really, when we started this effort, the organization, the senior leaders all said, who all, by the way, lived through the the Six Sigma days, said, we don't want to do it in the same way. This is that it was felt very heavy. It felt bureaucratic. What we're trying to do is break down bureaucracy. So we need to introduce this into the organization in a way that does not feel bureaucratic because it feels hypocritical. So... So for us, we approached it very differently, and quite candidly, we tested a lot of things. We went in more and said, look, we we don't know how many coaches. We didn't go in to say we're going to have 500 coaches, but we didn't know if 500 coaches was going to have the impact. So we said, let's start with, let's have each business identify some folks. Let's start there, and let's learn, and we'll build it up from there. Um. And we let our GE businesses, we wanted them to own FastWorks versus this was a corporate initiative, a corporate mandate. So we let them determine how many coaches do you want to have? Who are these people? Do you want to have them full-time or part-time? And we let them make those decisions initially with our, you know, our suggestions and guidance. And then we watched and as they sort of learned over time what worked for them in their business. Um, so it, it was less prescriptive. It was less mandated. It was a combination of um, the folks at corporate, myself and, and my co-founder, sort of making, hey, here's some recommendations, here's the framework, but also letting the businesses make some decisions about how they wanted to own it. So 
so that was, um, and I have to tell you, that was that was quite different. It was quite uncomfortable for a lot of people. It's more, it's harder um, to do it that way because it requires you to use some judgment. Um, it's easier to say, hey, give me the checklist and I'll just follow the checklist. Um, mm-hmm. It required a lot of thought behind what makes the most sense. Um, and it also required us being um, humble enough to say, hey, you know what, or business is humble enough to say this isn't working, we need to do something different. So um, so that's the way we approached it. Um, and, you know, today I think we have, um, I would say, I think it's over 300, 350 coaches in the organization. We have some businesses that have a few full-time dedicated coaches. We have others that it's part of their role. Um, and again, I think it's, um, we've seen both work. So it really depends on the number of projects that the business has going on, um, how they want to, um, how they're approaching it, how they're thinking about it. So we've got variation all across GE in terms of, in terms of that. Um, I, I think the other important thing to think about is we, this is again is, is part of an effort to completely transform GE. So FastWorks was one of the main drivers that we were doing that, you know, helping us to do this. We also looked at the whole system and started to change the other elements that um, really make up the GE culture and the GE system, and literally re-engineer each one of those things aligned with working in a different way. So there's a lot of efforts that go into this whole uh, transformation of the company, FastWorks being, an introduction of FastWorks being one of the major components, but not the sole um, effort that we have in the company to to transform GE. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of companies, large companies contacting us, of course, for lean startup training. And a lot of times uh, they are skeptical if they're a non-tech company of, you know, all right, lean startup methodology, you're going to come and train my people. You know, why is this going to work for us in a a company that really maybe has nothing to do with technology? What would you say to them? Um, I would say it absolutely uh, works outside of technology um, and software, and I think we're great proof points for that. Um, I think the other thing that I would say is it's not just about training people. You know, I think that's one of the things that we learned early on when we brought those teams into Crotonville, and we gave them the, the tools and we trained them, and then they went back to their business and they really struggled to continue to use the methodology. So you have to think more broadly about your organization and the ability to um, make sure that the behaviors, the culture can support the application of the Lean Startup approach. In other words, are those behaviors, the new behaviors that are required, will they be uh, not only, you know, recognized and, you know, given permission, but will they be rewarded? 
um, is that become your new expectations for how you want your employees to work? Um, how does your performance management system going to support working, applying, you know, sort of the lean startup methodology versus how you have traditionally worked in the past? Um, you know, what are your expectations for your leaders? What competent new competencies do you need to develop in the organization and to skill them with? How do you um, uh, change the work environment to be able to support working in this way? So there's a whole, whole you have to come at this holistically um, to think that you'll come in, get trained, and then the group that, you know, you guys will come in, train them, and then leave, and then everything will be um, different is it's, it's just not the way it's going to work. Um, if you really want to embed it in your organization, um, it takes, uh, again, there's a lot more that you have to sort of do to make sure that everything is aligned with this way of working and all of the all of the systems, the processes that touch your talent, if you will, including and then systems around how you run your business are all very much aligned with this way of working. So let's talk about, you mentioned a couple of challenges. I don't know if you have any more that you would want to share. If so, let's talk about some of those challenges and how you overcame them. And then I want to talk about how FastWorks has evolved, you know, where you are with the program now and if it's been effective. Yeah, so some of the challenges, that, again, that when we step back and reflect on what were the biggest challenges, they were cultural. So few examples. Fear of failure. Um, our employees um, had a fear of failing. You know, again, Six Sigma perfection um, environment where failure was not an option. Um, we had also um, a culture where uh, we're addicted to sort of being right. Um, we had a culture that didn't um, really know how to partner with our customers to really look at our customers' problems from our customers' perspective. So we had a lot of cultural challenges that we had to, um, we had to overcome. And what we did is we zeroed in on what those were, and we started to sort of attack them, if you will. Um, and we did it in a couple of ways. The first thing we did is um, we, we sunset our old value system in the company, and we created and introduced into the organization a new set of beliefs, a new belief system that was very much aligned with the FastWorks um, principles. So, you know, our five belief statements are, you know, customers determine our success, stay lean to go fast, learn and adapt to win, empower and inspire each other, and deliver results in an uncertain world. So we had to make some very bold statements, very strong signals in the organization to all of our employees to say, this is what we believe. Now, with this comes a new set of behaviors. So we had to articulate what those behaviors were that we now expected GE employees to embrace. Um, and we, 
you know, spend a lot of time when we introduce these new beliefs into the organization, organization having dialogues about, you know, about all of these things. So, you know, how do we think about um, failure in a different way as simply, a, a, you know, failure or the, the inability to meet an outcome as actually a great learning that you then uh, use to get to a better solution. So, you know, we had to reframe some of the big cultural barriers that we, were, we kept coming up against to be able to give permission for people to work in a different way and to accept a new way of thinking and a new way of behaving. We also changed our performance management system. Our performance management system was um, a very uh, linear annual process that did not, uh, was out of sync with FastWorks. So we had the, you know, the historical, you set your goals at the beginning of the year and you were measured on the achievement of those goals at the end of the year. Well, that doesn't work when you're trying to um, work in a way where experimentation and pivoting um, is part of the process based on what you're learning from your customer. So we completely revamped our performance management system and we're rolling that out now to a much more ongoing um, process that allows you to be asking the right questions throughout the year. It allows you to experiment. It's allowing for these pivots and these um, um, to happen, these, to adapt. So it's really much more in sync with this way of working. Um, we had to also train our leaders to lead in a different way, to ask questions, not to give the answers, but to learn how to ask the right questions. So there was a lot of challenges, and, and quite, quite honestly, we're, you know, we're making headway, but there's still challenges. It's very hard. Um, and especially an organization of our size and scale with how do you really get this across so many people, such diverse industries, 175 countries, you know, it's really a challenge, but, um, but GE has a history of evolving. Um, and, uh, and, and our DNA, that part of our DNA is really helping us to take on this challenge um, to, really, to really embrace this as our way of working. So let's talk about that light at the end of the tunnel. Has yeah. FastWorks been effective? <laughs> yeah, you know, it really has, and we're beginning to see it more and more. So early on, our proof points were around some of the very specific projects. So um, let me give you a couple of examples. Um, we had one project in our transportation business, which um, is our locomotive business, where by using the FastWorks approach, we were able to actually get the product to market two years ahead of our competition with significant um, cost savings to the company. Um, and, you know, this was really something that um, we took, we had to create this new, um, this new engine based on some new EPA regulations. Um, and again, because we were able to get it to market two years ahead of our competition, we have really positioned ourselves extremely well with um, 
with our with our customers around this. So it it really helped us um, to also exceed the regu the uh, mandatory regulations that were there, um, and and get to an even better solution than was being regulated um, for our customers. Um, another example is a um, is in our power and water business with a gas turbine. Um, you know we use the principles of FastWorks, um, and you know this helped us, helped GE to deliver the most efficient, lowest cost energy um, solution uh, to our customers. And essentially, our development costs were reduced by 60%. So, you know, this is some, there's some real kind of tangible results here. More recently, Heather, we have established, um, uh, I mentioned a, a few minutes ago that we've, it's, we've now kind of taken FastWorks and have now embedded it in some of our operating systems. And in our businesses, we've created what we call growth boards, which essentially are boards that run very similar to like a VC board, where our project teams come to these boards and essentially um, they get funding for their projects. Um, and they there's different phases. The, 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 the first phase is seed funding, right? So they get a little bit of funding to be able to um, validate their assumptions um, that they're making when they come back. And if they have if they have validated them, then they get a little bit more funding, um, and et cetera, et cetera. If they come back and say our assumptions were invalidated, the customer didn't you know did not validate them, then we stop the project. And stopping work, stopping anything at GE was also something that was countercultural. Uh, but this gave them the forum to be able to say, we, we, really, we actually should not pursue this because it, our customer has told us it will not create value for them. So with these boards in place, here are some you know, additional sort of statistics and proof points. Um, we have, um, in one of our industrial businesses that has a board, They've actually reduced um, sort of the, the length, the time of NPI, of their NPI by two-thirds. So, you know, sort of significant amount of time savings there. We've also reduced the cost of getting to customer validation by 80%. So much earlier on are we sort of, you know, learning really quickly what's going to have impact on our customers and what's not. Um, and that's also enabled us to reinvest our MPI funds because of all, because of early stage cancellations, um, where we're learning that hey, this doesn't make sense. So rather than spend the money here, let's stop this project and let's spend the money here. So you know, it's increased time to market. It's op helping us optimize the use of our MPI budget, and we're getting quicker and cheaper to 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 to, to say no to stop things that don't make sense for us to do. So that's the kind of impact that it's beginning to have on the organization. So there's a topic that continues to come up recently, and we ourselves are going to be digging in to learn more about it. But do you have any wisdom to share about you know, using lean startup methodology in a highly regulated industry? Uh, we Yes, because GE is in. <laughs> Um, pretty much every one of our businesses is highly regulated, mm -hmm. including our healthcare business, 
um, you know, locomotives, uh, transportation. Um, we've even GE Capital, and even though we're we are, um, you know, moving out of the financial services business to a great extent, we, we were using it with our with uh, in GE Capital. Um, you know, our aircraft engines, and we are a highly regulated organization. And um, you know, that was one of the first sort of um, I would say objections or or challenges when we first started talking about FastWorks in the company is our businesses would say, many of them, well, we can't do this because we're regulated. And mm -hmm. actually what we've proven is that it's a, it's even, you can, and it's even a better way to work in a highly regulated business because, you know, by um, applying the methodology, you're able to test quickly, test in a, um, in a uh, fast way. I remember one of the things when um, Eric and uh, and David Kidder and Viv and I went on the road and started talking about this. One of the things that you know we we came to realize and communicate to our senior leadership teams is that by applying this, you're actually taking less risk because when you test quickly and you're you know you're you were able to, you're not betting the farm, right? You're testing uh, cheaply and quickly and you're learning and actually by using that methodology, you're actually, you're actually de-risking. So, um, so it definitely can be uh, used in highly regulated industries. Um, and again, we've, we've seen that across the board in many of the industries that we're in. I feel like we could do a podcast. I mean, you have the key wealth of information. I feel like we could do a podcast on every single one of those. You know, we talk about G <laughs> Capital and aircraft engines. So um, I'll be yeah. contacting you. <laughs> well, let's switch gears a little bit. You know, you mentioned a new strategic imperative called simplification. What does this mean to an organization like GE? How do you encourage business leaders to change the culture inside such a large organization? Do you have any other um, advice to share beyond what you've already said about that? Yeah, I yes, I do. I mean, first of all, again, I think I think um, you know, GE. We are fortunate, at GE, in that we have a history again of sort of evolving. You know, we we never stop stop evolving. It's part of our leadership philosophy in the company. So so it's in the fabric of our being. Having said that, change is hard. Uh, it's hard for everyone. And, you know, what I would say is to do this, to really, you know, drive this type of change in an organization and get your leaders to embrace it, A, you've got to create um, the sense of urgency. You have to create the compelling reason to change. Um, we have been able to do that because quite Frankly, we've looked at the outside, and we have brought the outside into GE to say, look at the level of disruption that's happening in our industries, the industries that we are in, that is unprecedented, and it's happening today. Um, and if we don't change, we run the risk of becoming an organization that is obsolete. And we're not talking in 100 years we're talking in less than a decade. Um, so we have exposed our leaders. We've taken them outside of GE. We've taken them to 
um, you know, whether it's Silicon Valley, MIT Media Lab, other places around the world to say, look at what's happening in our industries and think about what that means for your business. So we have really made an effort to expose our leaders to that and to, get, again, sort of create this, this sense of, of urgency. Um, you know, I think that our chairman and CEO, Jeff Emmelt, has done an amazing job of laying out the vision for the company and, quite honestly, holding the, you know, putting the heat on to say we, we're going to change, we have to change, and looking at every, um, you know, fabric of the organization to make sure that we are changing all the elements of the system to be able to support this change. Um, and stating up front, this is not an initiative. This is a fundamental way that we are changing in terms of how we make decisions, how we work together, how we align with our customers, and how we hold each other accountable. So, um, so I think the messaging, the consistency of the of that, the vision, the sense of urgency, and then obviously with that, all of the work that's being done to re-engineer all of our processes in the company is, you know, what it takes to transform an organization, especially an organization of our size and scale. Do you feel like that's what what really supports the leadership development in such a fast-paced environment and, and keeps the teams engaged and motivated? Yes, definitely. You know, we, we place a lot of emphasis on leadership development. Um, again, it's part of who we are as a company, and, and we're fortunate that, um, you know, leadership development has been um, – it's been something that GE views actually as a as a competitive advantage. So we've heavily invested in it. Um, I know a lot of people think it, it started actually with Jack Welch, and quite frankly, it started long before Jack Welch, with some of the early, early chairmen and CEOs of GE who really placed a huge emphasis on it. So we have absolutely um, leveraged that because we've been – evolving our leadership development efforts along with this cultural transformation, this transformation of the organization, what we're teaching our leaders, how we're teaching them, the experiences that they're going through. We have evolved those as we're changing the company um, to be able to help them, L A, lead themselves through this transition, and then, B, lead their teams through it. Um, and so I think that has you know, absolutely been a, a critical part because you've got to bring the leaders with you and you have to help them transform um, who they are as leaders and how they lead um, and how they think about their businesses and how they work with their teams and the environments they create for their teams. All of that has to, um, has to be part of this whole effort. Janice, how does technology factor into the culture equation? What tools do you use to help leaders communicate, you know, especially if they're located around the world and, and teams are often remote? Yeah, so, so Heather, that's, that's pretty much um, standard for us, right, because, again, GE is 100, 175 countries. Yeah. Um, so it has been – that's just the way we work together. Um, but, you know, specifically – um, in relationship to things like 
Bassworks, you know, what we've really started to um, to do to to help, we've, how we've leveraged technology with this is, A, we created our, our Bassworks site um, and within GE. That is basically everything Fastworks. So it has on it, um, you know, what's the methodology and um, what are some proof points and some stories and the tools. And, you know, it's a highly engaging site that people can go to and learn about Fastworks. It also connects to the coaches community. So, so we've been able to sort of use technology to help um, uh, sort of spread the knowledge and education about fast work throughout the company. We're also creating some digital training to be able to, to do that as well, because one of the things that where we're taking fast works in the company is we're moving it beyond project teams. What we're doing is we are now embedding in the company what we're calling fast works every day, which is essentially we, we took the sort of the core core principles of, of fast works and lean startup. Um, and synthesized it to discover, build, learn, and act. And we're essentially teaching that to every GE employee and saying, you know what, you can apply this every day in everything that you do. So it is literally just the way you work. Um, so in order to do that, we're really leveraging technology to help, you know, um, with the training and the education around FastWorks, um, both the full methodology, but also FastWorks every day. Yeah. Well, we have time for one last question. Um, you know, a lot of large companies send their teams to the Lean Startup Conference, and I'm curious, what have you learned from startup culture, if anything? And conversely, what advice would you give to a startup or an entrepreneur uh, about hiring and, and building? Yeah. I, you know, I think one of the things, um, the key things that we have learned from startup cultures, I would say there's two things. First of all, they are extremely purpose-driven, and that's something that we have tried to really bring into GE as well, is really having um, within our employees a strong sense of purpose and connection to the company. Um, and a lot of our businesses have done a, um, really, really great work on creating these just incredible, incredibly inspiring purpose statements and really connecting their employees to that purpose statement. Because when you're in a really large organization, it's easy to sort of get lost in that, but we really try to make sure that every employee feels the strong that that their the work that they're doing really has can have an incredible impact on the world. The other thing that we've learned from startup culture which to be honest we're struggling to figure out how you do it at GE, but where we've done it, we've seen the impact is small focused dedicated co-located teams. So whenever we have put teams like that together, and they've used the FastWorks approach, they achieve amazing things, you know, because they're, they're faster, they're just, they're in it together. So we're trying to figure out as a company, how do we become adaptive in our organization, this is where we're at currently, to be able to enable these small, focused, dedicated, co-located teams to come together and then disband? And how do you create this fluidity in the organization to allow that to happen? 
um, because where we have seen it, it's amazing, the impact. So I would say those are two things that we've learned from startup culture. The advice I would give um, to a startup or an entrepreneur um, about hiring and building a team, I, I would say a few things. One is DNA is critical. Um, and what I mean by that is you need to hire people that have great learning agility. Um, that's a, that is a trait that we now look for in GE leaders is the ability to learn, continuously learn. Um, with that comes humility. So, you know, look for people that are, that are humble um, and that are open to learning. People that have a passion for the customer um, and also don't have an addiction to being right. <laughs> so, um, you know, those would be some of the things that I would, you know, give advice to a startup in terms of the type of talent or, you know, um, that the, you know, when they're hiring and building a team, the things that they should be looking for. Yeah. Well, Janice, we are all out of time. Thank you so much for giving us an inside look into GE FastWorks. I really look forward to meeting you in person this November at the Lean Startup Conference. Great. Thanks, Heather. And I'm looking forward to uh, sharing even more at the conference. Thanks to our guest, Janice Semper. I'm Heather McGough from Lean Startup Company. Our team looks forward to having you join us for upcoming podcasts and webcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Lean Startup, register for our flagship Lean Startup Conference, or follow our blog. Visit leanstartup.co for more information.